Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, CBS Sports' daily NFL podcast. Today is Wednesday, July 31st. Not, as I erroneously thought, Wednesday, August 1st. John Breach, uh, are you surprised or, um, uh, you know, just like not – is it – is it pretty obvious that I would be the guy who would mess up July 31st and August 1st? It seems like it would be pretty obvious, right? Oh, when the pre-podcast debate was whether or not July 31st actually exists, that just – I'm ready to roll, Brinson. <laughs> I, I won that one easy. Um, uh, you know. That's no, fine. The calendar is turning to August tomorrow, though, and we are again – we're daily through the rest of football season. Actually, for the rest of time, I guess. Uh, but – August means you're getting ready for your fantasy football drafts, which means you also need to check out the Fantasy Football Today podcast. Our fantasy team, mostly Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings. Uh, Jamie is going to be joining us on this podcast after the break with some great insight into guys like Zeke Elliott, Melvin Gordon, A.J. Green, um, the Pittsburgh guys, et cetera, et cetera, where you should draft them, Austin Eckler and whatnot. Um, but to get your full, like just fantasy to the face uh, blast of information. Get on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. They record an episode every weekday through the end of the regular season, and the, I, I think they keep going in the playoffs. Uh, sleepers, breakout, bust, mock drafts on the air, listener interaction via email and Twitter. It's the only way to guarantee that you win your league. Subscribe to the Fantasy Football Podcast today and anywhere you get your podcast. All right, let's dive in, John Breach, with some news. Um, by the way, uh, we should point out that, uh, Ryan Wilson on, uh, assignment, he's on vacation. He, Ryan only takes vacations in August. Uh, so he, he has to start his, he cannot begin the month of August without being on vacation. Like it's a rule in his family. It's been handed down for generations and, and he abides by it. I respect that. Uh, Sean Wagner, I believe coming back today from a, uh, seven and a half week absence from work. In Hawaii. He, I don't know how you could spend that much time I think in Hawaii. He, I, th- I think he spent two weeks on each island. I think that yeah. was the, it's insane. the swimmy plan. It's insane. Yeah. Yeah. He was literally swimming around island to island. Um, he was, he was gone longer than Zeke Elliott was gone missing from the Cowboys. And it's been a pretty long time, but Zeke Elliott, uh, remains in the news. Hashtag Zeke watch. Everyone in Cowboys camp is wondering when Elliott will come around. If the Cowboys will give him a contract. Peter King appeared on Golik and Wingo on ESPN radio on Tuesday morning and said he thinks there is a quote 0% chance end quote that uh, Zeke Elliott will miss a single snap. But I think that what Jerry Jones said uh, at his opening press conference in, uh, in uh, out in Oxnard, California might change the opinions of what people think is happening with Zeke Elliott because Jerry said, you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. Well, of course, Emmett had uh, participated in a Super Bowl being the first rushing champ. Now, this is very important. First time ever a rushing champion was on a Super Bowl winning team. The point there is you don't have to have a rushing champion to win a Super Bowl. But Emmett was the first one to do it. And that's one of the dilemmas at running back is that the league knows that uh, you can win Super Bowls and not have the Emmett Smith back there or not have Zeke back there. Consequently, when we are looking and putting Zeke's contract in place, we've got to realize that the ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. And so you've got to do all of the things along with having Zeke that allow you to have other players so that you can win the Super Bowl. And, uh, 
I mean, what are we doing here, John Breach? This is, uh, this is Jerry Jones who previously was like, uh, I just, we're going to pay Zeke so much money. Like Zeke is just a transcendent player. We love him so much. He is the star, the straw. I think it was Steven who was like, he's the straw that stirs the Cowboys drink. It's like it got the nut cutting time and the Cowboys are now backtracking on everything that they had previously said about Zeke Elliott. I'm curious. So August 6th, Jamie Eisenberg talked about what to do with him in a fantasy draft. Where, where do you, where do you think this heads? I mean, we've seen a lot of, We've seen a lot of holdouts. I mean, we, I've been doing this for like 10 years now, not like, um, you know, some aged veteran sports writer, but I mean, 10 years is a long time. Seen a lot of different holdouts. Seen them in a lot of different ways. It feels like more and more in the modern NFL that sometimes these holdouts actually result in the players being like, ah, F it. I'm not actually coming back because they made enough money or saved enough money or were drafted high enough where they could do that. The old CBA, you almost never saw it. Um, you know, so where do you stand on what you think Zeke does? Well, after Le'Veon Bell skipped the entire season last year, I can see anything happening. Here's the thing I love about Jerry Jones. The dude is 76 years old. I feel like some people think he's kind of not just old, but maybe a little senile. He's getting so up there. All of a sudden, he comes out blazing with this fastball of, yeah, we talked up Zeke all season. But you know what? Maybe we're not going to pay him some outrageous sum to get here. Because let me tell you something, Brinson. His point of not needing the rushing champ to win the Super Bowl is true for about 99% of teams. You know when the last team to get to a Super Bowl with the rushing champ, guess what year that happened? Uh, 1992? No, but that was not even close. So it was 2005, it's the Seahawks' Sean Alexander. That's the uh, last time the rushing champ made the Super Bowl. The last time the rushing champ won the Super Bowl was 1998 Broncos' Terrell Davis. So mm. it, it, that is, it's a sparing. It doesn't happen a lot. But then you look at the Cowboys, they've only made the playoffs three times since 2010. You know what those three seasons all had in common? Uh, Zeke led the league in rushing? Or they had the league leading rusher? They had the league leading rusher because 2014 they had DeMarco, DeMarco Murray. Murray. Hmm. 16 and 18 they had Zeke like you just said. So like the Cowboys offense is built around kind of needing this workhorse to take, you know, you don't have Tony Romo anymore. You have Dak Prescott. He hasn't proven that he can carry an offense. So you need a workhorse back there in the backfield. So, like, it's this weird thing, but I don't think they're going to pay Zeke girly money. Uh, it, you know, maybe that's what the Cowboys offer is right now. Maybe they're looking at, hey, we want to give you 11 or 12 million, but they have them under two years of contract. So I could see. They got him, they got him under four years of control because they can tag him twice. I mean, it's just not like, and he has to report by August 6th or else it starts like racking up. Like he can, you know, the contract issues come into play and he can lose, you know, his status moving forward. I mean, he's just three years into his career. He is eligible for an extension. He deserves in a, in a vacuum, John. In terms of him producing relative to other running backs and his important to the team that he is on, he does, that's really not in a vacuum, but you get the point. Uh, but he is, uh, he, he is worthy of a contract. Like if it's just, okay, this player, like if he was a cornerback, it's no question. If he's a quarterback, no question. If he's a pass rusher, no question, but he's a running back. And the other thing is, it feels like a game of chicken where, uh, except the Cowboys are driving like a cement truck. And Zeke's camp is in a smart car, and you know we know who's going to win that collision. And the other thing that is funny about Jerry bringing up the whole Emmett Smith thing is that Emmett Smith held out that year. He missed two games. Whoa! The, Cow- the Cowboys points. The Cowboys lost both of them, and they're like, "Oh crap, we got to get Emmett under contract. So we can't win without him." Then they got Emmett back under contract, ended the holdout. 
Emmett shows up in week three, and then they go on to win the Super Bowl. And so, like, Jerry's been through all this. It's kind of crazy. I don't think the Cowboys are going to cave, but I don't think Zeke's going to miss any games. So it's going to be uh, – this is just a crazy situation. Man, that is insane. And uh, also worth noting, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the team that would like Zeke to be there, went out and signed Alfred Morris to a one-year deal. I think it's pretty obvious that Alfred Morris qualifies uh, Breach as a uh, insurance for Zeke Elliott. I don't think Alfred Morris is as good as Zeke Elliott, but – you know, they filled in. They did fine when Elliott missed games, missed their six games. I mean, people were like, well, the offense wasn't as efficient. It's like, yeah, Tyron Smith was missing. That's why the offense wasn't as efficient. When they're clear and look, Zeke is a transcendent player. He is a upper echelon, high end NFL player. He is a fantastic pass blocker. He improved his receiving skills last season. Um, he is one of the best two or three running backs in all of football. One of the best four running backs, if you want to count, if you want McCaffrey, Kamara and, and Saquon and Zeke are the four I would put in there. Um, but yeah, like, and by the way, Smith was only making 465,000 going into 1993. I and mean, this is the same freaking situation. It's the same situation. So you're going to pony up and pay the guy and try to win the Super Bowl, Jerry? Or you're going to let it happen? I don't know. I, I don't think they're going to give him $15 million. Uh, they gave him a f- and let me ask you this real quick, Brinson. If you're Ezekiel looking at this from the outside, you see Jerry make those comments. You see the Cowboys sign Alfred Morris. How, what's your reaction, uh, when you're sitting down at your cabana in Cabo San Lucas? You're mad. You're like, oh, I see how it is. Um, I, I just think that the Cowboys are love to do, um, they love to talk out of both sides of their mouths when it comes to, comes to these sort of things. Um, so, you know, good, good for, uh, good for, good for them for, for pissing off Zeke. I bet he shows up and, um, I bet he plays, but I bet they give him some kind of contract. I, I don't, I don't think he's going to miss time is my point, but. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, Andrew Luck, a little concerning. Jason Lock and Fora are CBS Sports NFL insider, who I believe is going to join the program uh, tomorrow, tomorrow being Thursday, August 1st. Um, Frank Wright told me that Andrew Luck is in some pain with his calf, leading him to miss missing practice today. Team focus on managing that now and will give him time to fully recover, but it certainly needs to be monitored. That is no bueno. Uh, what's your uh, scale of 1 to 10, Breach? What's your panic scale on this? Uh, it is a 6. <laughs> That's pretty high. Three. Six well, point. the thing is, I think he was dealing with this calf injury back in May, back in June, in the spring. It's like no big deal. He's got a month off to heal before training camp, a month where that thing can get better. And it's not better yet, and now he's got to play on it. He's got to walk around on it. He's got to move around on it, so it's going to be even harder for it to heal. So back in May, my concern, back in June, my concern level was like a one. But now it's gone up because if he sits out and it heals, while it's healing, you know, you're missing training camp. You're missing these big reps. You've got rookie wide receivers. you got new players that you kind of need to gel with. So I think as long as he's out there going full go by, say, August 15th, the Colts are good, but if we get three to four weeks and he's still being limited in practice during training camp, uh, then my concern goes from like six point seven to nine point seven. Nine point seven. This is your uh, this is your wheelhouse, John. Roger Goodell is going to be forced to and compelled by a judge in New Orleans to testify in a uh, in the Saints Rams case, in which can use case light loosely here. Uh, I believe it's a bunch of people who sued saying they lost like fantasy games or lost actual sports bets because of the, uh, the, the overturned call uh, uh, on the game in question. What, um, 
What's, what's your reaction? See, like, I sort of like this. I mean, it's so stupid. It's a waste of our judicial system and it's a waste of taxpayer money, but I'm kind of here for somebody dragging Roger Goodell down to New Orleans to like make him come, like testify in front of a jury about, uh, you know, the situation involving the refs in, in the, in the NFC championship game, just because it would annoy everybody involved. Oh, I agree with everything you just said. I want a, a few good men situation where Goodell's being grilled <laughs> on the stand. And the guy, I want the truth, and Goodell says, you can't handle the truth, and then it ends. But look, this guy, he did it smart. He filed the lawsuit like you were just saying, but the thing, the key here is that if he wins this case, uh, he wants $75,000, but all that money would go to charity. So the judge was probably like, you know what, screw it. You know, Nobody's getting rich here. I live in Louisiana. I want to know what Goodell has to say. I want to hear people defend, and I love that the officials from the game will also have to talk. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> there you go. I don't know if we're allowed to play that, but I thought it'd be funny. Um, we're we're going to we're going to get sued now and then we're going to have to pay someone out 75,000. But so the officials from the game never had to talk cuz the NFL doesn't let officials talk except for uh the the group reporter speaks to the referee. So you have three officials who all saw this play who would potentially have to testify. To me that's the most intriguing thing, but yes, I love all the chaos that this would cause and uh hey, everybody loves to read Goodell getting grilled stories, right? You can't handle the truth. I wanted to play the whole speech. You need me on that wall, but I'm not sure that it's uh, FCC compliant. Although, you know what? Podcasts don't have to be FCC compliant, but... We're allowed to cuss? No. What are we allowed to say? No. I think we can say... Um, well, clearly we can use the scientific... We've, we've got to be CBS compliant. That's correct. Um, I did get a note from um, higher-ups that maybe I could stop using the phrase cut off a penis a little uh, uh, quite so much <laughs> like maybe maybe you could turn that down like maybe stop saying it nine times a show all right just yeah maybe do it like three times a show or something like that um we can say and like you said why don't you talk to mike frable yeah I, that's exactly i said mike frable said it and it's the scientific version of it um i think we can say uh like um ass i think is okay or, the, the, or the, any any word for like bottom which i is what i use for uh, you know, we got a, a five-year-old. We use bottom and tinkle, um, you know, dumb words like that. But uh, it, the S word, the F word, and uh, I think those are really the only two. And maybe GD. I don't I think we got to bleep those out to get uh, compliant under our uh, family-friendly eyeball umbrella. Um, speaking of uh, keeping our eye on things, you know who we're keeping our eye on, John? We are keeping our eye on the Miami Dolphins. Eye on Dolphins is this, the name of the new blog on CBSSports.com. Iowa football actually no longer exists, sadly enough. We could change the name of this podcast, Iowa football. Um, the Dolphins have, uh, we're Ion Dolphins and we like watch Dolphin shows like Flipper <laughs> or just like, <laughs> like planet, planet Earth and stuff like that. <laughs> blog about it for CBS. Um, this is, this goes off the rails as always. Um, the Dolphins has fired their offensive line coach. They fired their offensive line coach in early, ju- like late j- July. What the hell? Um, they, uh, the, the Miami Dolphins decided that they wanted to get rid of Pat Flaherty and have, uh, gone with former Colts OL coach Dave DiGugliamo, which, um, is, I'm sure I will mispronounce. Uh, Brian Flores was asked about it and via Jeff Darlington of ESPN.com said, we felt like we needed to make that move. There was no one specific incident. At the end of the day, I felt like DiGugliamo, uh, DiGugliamo, I'm, it's a hard name to pronounce, would be a better fit. 
Um, and then, uh, Flores also said via our fr- friend of the show, Adam Beasley of the, of the Miami Herald, I think I'm always going to do what is in the best interest of the Miami Dolphins. The easy decision would have been to do nothing and hope it gets better. Uh, you know, we've seen the, um, Dolphins fire an offensive line coach before. Thankfully, this is just because they, it was performance related and not because he had a video of him, uh, doing a bunch of drugs with, uh, film, as filmed by a, uh, a, um, Lady of the evening. Or being involved in an abuse scandal. Or, oh, they, that's, oh my God, it happens all the time. They've been, yeah, seriously, this is a problem. <laughs> this is the in third Miami. line, yeah. My God. <laughs> you know, the only thing I'm going to say here is that, look, you're Brian Force. You just got hired in January. One of your first hires was Pat, Pat Flaherty, and you're already firing him. To me, this says more about Force's decision making skills and like, hey, maybe he has no idea what he's doing, uh, hiring assistant coaches, putting a team together. Um, so maybe we should, you know how Ryan Wilson literally questions everything Matt Patricia does. I think that's going to be my thing with Brian Flores. You can't already hire this guy. You just fired him. Or you just hired him five months ago and you're already firing him. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And how, you don't play any games in the spring. How do they know that the offensive line wasn't getting, getting worse, getting better? I don't know. Unless it was just that obvious, in which case he shouldn't have hired him. So I blame this on Flores. No, I'm with you. I mean, I think it's, it's a sign. Now, you, you can cut both ways here. You could say firing your offensive line coach means that you have a ton of dysfunction going on. On the other hand, you could also say that, you know, at least he's recognizing a problem and taking the steps to, to fix it. Um, I don't know how much it is. What if Flores is the problem and Flaherty's just the fall guy? It, it, that would be the early red flag for me. Um, early on, it appears as if Ryan – oh, actually, hold on. First, before we get to Ryan Fitzpatrick, let's point out that uh, Chad O'Shea – the Dolphins offensive coordinator. There are three news items relating to the Dolphins somehow. I'm trying to get this to load up. Joe Shad of the Palm Beach Post reports. I don't know why the Palm Beach Post website is being so terrible or my computer is being so terrible. Um, but Joe Shad reports that the Miami Dolphins are using Christian Wilkins, their first-round pick, on offense. It's great to have Christian, offensive coordinator Chad O'Shea said Sunday. We worked with them on offense today, but certainly all players will have an opportunity to create their role based on what they can do. And the more you can do here, the more you're going to help the team. Basically, they would be using uh, Christian Wilkins, I believe, as a running back, a 315 pound running back. He is fast. He has, uh, he has great feet. And, um, you know, we've seen, uh, Aaron Donald use, like, you know, mess around and, and, and run the ball effectively. Buy or sell the idea that the Miami Dolphins will actually ever use Christian Wilkins on offense? Uh, overuse him? Mm. Or just use him at all? I think they'll use him in like some gadget goal line play at some point. Like, for sure. Yeah. I take all the money out of my bank account and buy this all the way. Look, I think he had a couple rushing touchdowns at Clemson. I love defensive players in the backfield. We've seen it. Obviously, uh, Refrigerator Perry. And that Bear Super Bowl is like the uh, the epitome. That's what everybody – fat guy touchdowns, defensive lineman touchdowns. I'm all for this. Put Christian Wilkins – put you know what? Give him like the whole second half. Let him just play half the first half on defense, second half on offense. I'll even pick him on fantasy roster. He's oh, you know offense. what? That a-hole had a rushing touchdown against uh, NC State back in 2016. I forgot about that. Yeah. God d- dang it. See, I, that, I almost <laughs> – oh, my God. That was the back-breaking – that was the backbreaker game of all backbreaker games because uh, I believe it was in oh no, that was in Clemson. It was twenty four seventeen. Clemson uh, beat State. This is the one where the the uh, did we miss the the late field goal? What was it? Um, 
anyway, uh, Christian Wilkins had, uh, did indeed have a rushing attempt, one rushing attempt for 10 yards, I think. Um, against, that, that cannot be right. That's one fantasy point. You throw in a touchdown, that's 6.1 that fantasy points. Right. I, thought, I swear to God, I just said he had all a rushing um, hold on, I'll tell you. He had a, uh. I don't want to encroach on Jamie's territory. Why are you looking that stuff up? No, no, he had, he had two. Alright, so in, in 2018 against South Carolina, he had two rushing attempts for one touchdown. In, uh, 2018 against Florida State. So you can see Dabo only does this against the, the teams he hates, like his biggest rivals, cause he's, that Dabo is like a sneaky troll. Um, he had a, uh, he had a rushing attempt against Florida State for one yard and a touchdown. In 2016, he had one rushing attempt for 10 yards against NC State. Which is kind of crazy, ten yards for, and uh, he had a thirty-one yard reception in the um, in the college football playoff against Oklahoma. Forgotten about that, and he had a receiving touchdown in two thousand sixteen against Troy, in what I believe was the opening game for Clemson. So yes, Dabo likes to use Christian Wilkins to troll people, and it appears the Dolphins will try to do the same thing. Great point, John, because I'd forgotten about those rushing touchdowns in college. If you take those out of it, I feel like this is a little too adorable. But given how he's done there. If you can get the over under on Christian Wilkins touchdowns at more than one, you take that and, and you hammer it. Um, and then also they said, uh, the Dolphins said that Ryan Fitzpatrick per Brian Flores is the clear leader at the quarterback position over Josh Rosen. Does that surprise you in any sort of way? If Flores says it, I'm not buying it. He can't even <laughs> hire the right offensive line coach. I'm team Rosen. All right. Team Rosen. Josh Rosen week one starter. I actually, I actually kind of get into that. All right. Let's quickly burn through the AFC West, uh, training camp battles, uh, because we got to get to Jamie Eisenberg. He, we got about 25 minutes, good minutes on fantasy after the break. So this is a little bit of a longer podcast. That's okay. It happens. Football's here. Uh, Broncos, wide receivers, uh, Emmanuel Sanders. People are saying this is going to just, I like, I think there's an assumption he's just going to be back. Talk about a 30 plus year old dude who's coming off an Achilles tear. I'm not sure I buy that. He tore his Achilles in December. Uh, he did, has participated in seven on seven drills. He'll be 32. He's entering his 10th season in the league. He's having a great year in 2018 before he got hurt. Um, I think that you really need to look elsewhere on the roster to try and find help because, you know, um, Joe Flacco is going to need dudes to throw to. He needs some guys who can separate down the field. I don't know that they have them, uh, but Cortland Sutland, Deshaun Hamilton, and then a bunch of other randoms like Tim Patrick had some moments last year. How do you think this shakes out for the Broncos? Well, I think the good news for the Broncos is that Joe Flacco only throws a tight end, so not having wide receivers is not even going to matter. But in those instances where you do need to throw to a receiver, if, if Sanders can't play the first few weeks just because he's still a little bit beat up, you, mis- you mentioned Cortland Sutton, obviously – He's going to get a ton more touches. But if you're talking about who would be that other receiver on the field opposite Sutton, if, uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders isn't there, I love, and I know they have a couple draft picks. They have Deshaun Hamilton. He's dealing with an injury. So who knows? Hamstrings are touchy issues. We don't know when he's going to be completely healthy. They just drafted a guy, Winfrey, a rookie this year, but they also have two undrafted free agents from this year. And the thing is that the Broncos know how to find undrafted free agents. Like John Elway cannot find a quarterback, has no idea what he's doing. But you want to make an undrafted free agent into a Pro Bowl, or you go to the Broncos. They got Philip Lindsay. They got uh, Chris Harris a while ago. He was undrafted. So they have this year Trinity Benson, Calvin McKnight, two undrafted wide receivers. So I wouldn't see be surprised if those two guys, if one of them ends up not just cracking the roster but getting some playing time if Sanders is banged up. Uh, you're right. I agree. That's a good call. Uh, what else do we have? We have the Kansas City Chiefs at safety. Tyron Matthew, no doubt, is starting. Um, but then what do you think they're going to do? I think the, the other question at safety, besides Tyron Matthew, like literally 
beside him, not besides other than, but beside him, uh, is whether Daniel Sorensen, the veteran incumbent, ends up getting that starting job or whether Juan Thornhill out of Virginia, their second round pick, uh, I believe the first overall pick for the Chiefs who had traded their first round pick for, um, for Frank Clark, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, they, that, uh, wh- which one of those guys ends up starting? If you look at Daniel Sorensen, one of the things that you have to worry about a little bit is that his, uh, his, his, uh, contract, I'm not saying that he's going to be a cap casualty, cause, but he's a 29 year old safety. They just drafted a second round pick. If Thornhill looks great, Sorensen, uh, would give them, if he's a post June, post, post June 1st release, he would give them $3.693 million in cap space, uh, savings if you're the Chiefs. That's, I mean, that's a pretty good chunk of change for a, a veteran, uh, average safety who's been all right. I think if Thornhill could come in and steal this job, you could see Sorensen end up getting cut, but I don't think they'll be in a rush to do it, mainly because Thornhill is a rookie and he's got a great pedigree, but you don't want to get him out there, you know, especially with like a guy like Honey Badger who likes to freelance a little bit, is a bit more of a wild card. You need some, a veteran presence maybe back behind him. I'm curious to see how that plays out there, John. Yeah, no, 100% agree with you. If you draft a guy like Thornhill in the second round with your first pick of the draft, you want him on the field as soon as possible. You want him to eventually be the starter. And if he wins the job his rookie year, that's even better. And if he wins the job in his rookie year where you can cut the veteran opposite him and save millions of dollars, that is best case scenario. So I think the Chiefs will do everything possible to have Thornhill win this job. So I think he would have to choke it away. And Sorensen would have to be at least five times better uh, to get this over Thornhill. Because if he's one or two times better, you say, well, we'll let Thornhill learn on the job. We'll save money by getting rid of Sorensen. So I think this is Thornhill's job to lose. Um, so this is some exciting news as we take a quick break uh, in our AFC West rundowns, John. I was just uh, sent an email in which a quote, the, uh, the, the folks at EA Sports want to potentially use a quote from my, uh, from my Madden review for promotional materials. I was like, hell yeah, you can use it. Go ahead. But you got to say Will Brinson, comma, CBS Sports, which reminds me, if you left a five-star review for Madden, I'm, I'm still – today's uh, Tuesday – I still have to go and collect those reviews, and, and we're going to give away extra copies of Madden, which comes out uh, Thursday. You're going to free copy of Madden. But if you left a five-star review, there were some that were really great and, like, involved Madden. And, and you know if you left one, screenshot it and send it to me and with, like, your name. Like, prove that it's you so I can get you the, the copy. A lot of people would leave the review, but there's no name. There's no way I can, like, I can't contact you with your iTunes name. Or like your Apple podcast name. So if you left a review, go screenshot it and DM me. Uh, I know some people already did. We'll give away the couple of winners for there. And I got some, some more to give away on Instagram as well. Um, let's move on, John, to the uh, Oakland Raiders. Sure. Oakland Raiders. Why not? The Oakland Raiders are, are sort of fun. Now I can't find what I was going to do about the Oakland Raiders. Crap. Did I even send you something about the Oakland Raiders? I did. Well, slot receiver. It was, it was not in bold. That's why I got messed Your up. Your boy, Hunter Renfro, man. Yeah, I do love Hunter Renfro. Speaking of Clemson guys, uh, Raiders slot wide receiver or safety are really the two positions that I sort of had, uh, honed in on. But I think the slot wide receiver is interesting because you have to assume that even with Josh Jacobs, this team's going to throw the ball a ton. Uh, JJ Nelson, Hunter Renfro or Ryan Grant? Who do you think wins that job starting out there along with, uh, Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams? I think it's one of those things, like, how fast can Hunter Renfro adjust? I think the Raiders kind of got a steal with him. He could be really good. But I think going into the start of the season, it would probably make the most sense, unless he chokes this away, it would probably be J.J. Nelson, uh, at least to start the season. You see how good Renfro looks. You see if Ryan Grant knows what he's doing. 
And then if those guys end up looking better, but I think J.J. Nelson will be the starter in the slot on day one. All right, and finally, the Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry, John, this podcast is running longer than I promised you. Uh, the Chargers interior pass rush, they were, oh, God, look at Debo with this note in here, 19th in defensive pressure rate uh, as a team in the regular season. They pressured opposing quarterbacks on 33, 33.2% of dropbacks faced, uh, just below the league average of 33.7%. Uh, that's from somebody. Um, interior line had just eight and a half sacks last year. Darius Phylon is gone. Justin Jones. Jones, a third round pick at NC State. And, uh, Brandon Meebane, 34 years old. He is very old. Played 40% of the snaps last year. Damian Square, 29 years old. And then Jerry Tillery, the 28th overall pick, had the third most pressures for interior line, uh, an interior defensive lineman in the entire nation in college football last year. How do you think this plays out? And how important is Jerry Tillery to the Chargers having a legitimate Super Bowl run? Well, let me just start with uh, Joey Bosa real quick, because I think having him for the entire season is going to help that defensive line as a whole, because he only played seven games. He missed nine games, and when you take out a monster like that, that kind of has uh, an effect across the whole line. I do think that they're going to throw Jerry Tillery in there. With defense alignment, it's not like wide receiver where you got to learn the whole entire playbook or a rookie quarterback where there's just so much to learn. You're an interior defense alignment. You can just throw them in there and see right away if if they can handle going up against an offensive line. If they can handle being a run stopper, handle putting pressure on the quarterback. So I think they're just going to throw Jerry Tillery in there, and unless he flops, likely going to be the starter. Uh, and then Brandon Meebane, he has been productive despite, you know, you mentioned he's 34. He is getting old, and uh, as long as he stays productive, I think he'll be there. All right, there it is, your AFC West training camp battles, short and sweet. John Breach, I love it. Uh, coming up after the break, well, first of all, thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. We'll talk again soon. You may be getting called in to, to interview, help me interview Jason Lockenford tomorrow. I'll let you know. Um, Derek, thanks for the heads up. Uh, in the meantime, let's take a break, and we'll go talk to Jamie Eisenberg about some important fantasy uh, ups and downs in terms of ADP. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers. I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe. The Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. All right, joining the show now, as promised, one of the top 
top three fantasy experts in the entire world. I would say he's the number one fantasy expert in the entire world, uh, but I don't want to insult Heath and Dave. It's Jamie Eisenberg, a man I communicate perhaps too frequently with via text. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Uh, yes, we like to uh, tweak our buddy Pete Prisco, so it's uh, it's a lot of fun. But I, I appreciate the uh, the intro, and yes, uh, myself, Dave, and Heath, uh, we are the the best trio ever. By the way, so um, so uh, so Pete was like, we were like texting with Pete. And he, and he was trying to say, like, he was trying to convince me that he's worried about me and that he thinks, like, like, uh, he was lying. Like, I know he's not worried about me. Uh, but then he was like, you could tell that he got you to say the exact same thing. And then later went into our boss, Eric Kay's office and told Eric to, like, t- like DM me on Slack and be like, is everything okay? I'm starting, I'm worried about you. You're tweeting too much. Uh, we, we were legitimately worried about you. Okay. Um, thanks. We we could talk about that another time. Uh, this is dark. In any event, uh, no, that was actually one of the more serious conversations that we were we were having with you. I don't believe that. Get out of here. Uh, we, I'm, I'm serious. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we could just have a some sort of Twitter intervention right now. Uh, no, instead we're going to talk about we're going to talk about um, fantasy guys who are fantasy players who have been affected by either injury or contract situation. Um, I, I got to thinking about this during our auction draft that we did, like a mock auction, um, and it was amazing to see like how much Melvin Gordon went for because it was cheap. And I know Zeke went for a lot of money, but not the same amount of money that maybe he would uh, depending on his situation. So I want to dive into those guys and just see where your head's at on them if you're drafting right now. And it is uh, August, August. Uh, 1st, I believe, um, but – you know, people are going to be drafting in the next three weeks. I mean, this is, you know, these, and these situations might not be resolved. Um, first up, AJ Green. He went for, I think, less than $10 in that auction draft. And I know you mentioned, um, previously on, on something I was listening to you talk about that you wouldn't, that you would take him maybe the fifth round. And I wonder if you still feel comfortable taking him that high. Uh, I, I heard Adam Schefter on Tuesday morning say that, um, that he thinks that this AJ Green thing could linger a little bit longer than maybe even people thought uh, in terms of his injury. Well, I'm I'm going off the six to eight week. Oh, in, in, in fact, sorry, he actually said zero percent chance AJ Green will be ready for the opener for whatever that's. Yeah. Be. So so if if the thought is that it's going to be more than than six weeks, which six weeks would lead us to the the September eighth opener, uh, then he'll fall a little bit further than that. But you know, if if in fact we get to like you said. Uh, will a lot of the drafts are going to be happening mostly, you know, right around the third preseason game or a little bit after that. Um, he's probably going to continue to slide. You know, I, I think the the hope would be is that it's not a more than a than a 13 game absence. You know, if, if he's out the eight week window, that would you know take us through the third week of the NFL season. So, you know, I, like the point I got to in my rankings, which is interesting, is Tyler Boyd, who I have ranked 24th. And so, would you rather have? 13 games of AJ Green if he plays 13 or 16 games of Tyler Boyd I still think the ceiling is higher for Green. You know, Boyd's best numbers came last year when Green was on the field with him. So, uh I I I'll probably have to downgrade that a little bit more if in fact we get to you know third week of the preseason and and it's still, you know, Green is a month away. Um but it's just a matter of, you know, what your risk versus reward is because if he does give you 12 games, 10 games, you know, last year he was on pace in the 8 games that he played for 90, 1300 and, and 12 uh, you brought up a great point though when we when we did the news 
uh, hit on CBS Sports HQ on Sunday when all this started to come out. Oh, that's, that that's, getting, that's where it was that I heard you saying it. CBS right, Sports we HQ. Talking together. Yeah, by the way, our 24-7 streaming sports network you can get on uh, Roku, Apple, Amazon, Fire, and everywhere else. Right, but you, you brought up the, the schedule, you know, for the Bengals and how brutal it is. Um, you know, I, I'm always going to lean on the side of great players make great plays, you know, no matter who they're facing. But it's still, you know, he's going to take a uh, – the longer this lingers, the longer it's going to take him to, you know, get back up to full speed. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is, of course, you know, if you're playing in a fantasy league – you know, week 17, A.J. Green's stats will count for his real-life stats. Probably not going to matter for your fantasy team. So you're looking at a very compressed window. I was buying a ton of A.J. Green uh, it, because I thought he was a great value, like late in the, you know, late either late in the second, early in the third, even late in the third in some cases, depending on the league. And uh, I'm probably steering clear now. Zeke Elliott is um, is interesting. On uh, Peter King of NBC Sports was on with Mike Golick. I mean, yeah, Mike Golick and Trey Wingo, or Golick and Wingo on uh, their radio show on Tuesday morning and said he believes there is a quote zero percent chance that Zeke Elliott will miss a single regular season snap you buy or sell that and uh, are you still willing to use a top four pick on Zeke Elliott I buy that you know I, I think at least from our perspective at, at CBS we're going off of the August 6th day you know about when he needs to report to to get the year of service um, for his, his you know future earnings you know to become a free agent uh, if he's not with the team on August 7th, then that's where the, the downgrade will start to come. But right now, he's a first-round pick. He's a top-four overall selection. I think in non-PPR leagues, he's the number one overall player. And in PPR leagues, he's number two. Okay. All right. And, yeah, Zeke, again, if you're drafting before August 6th, I mean, pray that you're in the middle of the first round and snag him. And uh, otherwise, you just got to sort of pinch your nose and, and go with Zeke and maybe uh, handcuff Dave's boy, Alf Morris. Uh, later in the, uh, later. It's in amazing. The, yeah. I, I, you know, like what year is this? <laughs> he won't, won't die. Al Morris, nicest human being on the planet, by the way. Um, yeah. Melvin Gordon is perhaps more concerning though. Gordon, I'm telling you, I mean, like I saw the price he went for in that auction league and I was stunned. I don't, I, I think I saw that maybe in an industry draft you guys did, he went in like the late second round or I saw, maybe I saw somebody talk about how they, they late got, first round. Okay, late first round, but I mean, I th- this was I, like two weeks ago, though. Yeah. Okay, I thought I saw somebody tweet out. I can't remember if it was like Brad Evans or who, whoever it was. I just saw it on Twitter. They said they got like Melvin at like twenty fourth overall. Mm-hmm. Do you think he'll fall that far? And where are you willing to invest in Melvin Gordon? Because I've been fairly bullish, but now the buzz you're hearing is that they might be so far apart, and the Chargers might be dug in, and Melvin might be dug in, that this could actually affect the regular season. It's funny you say that because we did the auction uh, that you referenced on Monday and mm-hmm. of this week and you did it from you know your home in North Carolina we did it you know about five of us were here in our office in Fort Lauderdale doing it together and I believe it was Heath Cummings because you made a point on one of our shows I think or, or, or in a draft room or something that I think you said 100% Melvin Gordon is there week one and this was <laughs> when when the holdout first started you know so you, information was just you know coming to us uh, maybe by the minute at that point and so Will said uh-oh uh, I'm sorry, Heath said, uh, well, Will's got his chance now. Let's see how much he's going to spend on, on Melvin Gordon. And I don't even think you bid on him. Um, in, right now, in, for- in my defense, I had already purchased, I believe, Alvin Kamara and Christian McCaffrey for 68, for literally 68% of my $100 budget. Yes. So I was, yes. I was a little, I almost, I was like, try, I was considering bidding on him, but then it was like too, I don't know, it was, it was a weird situation. But- no, he went, he went, it's funny because him, and Todd Gurley went for the same exact price at mm-hmm. I think it was nineteen dollars. Yes. And so if you're looking at it, the owners who got those players could have steals because if Gurley's right, he's worth more, worth much more than that. And the same thing with Gordon if he shows up week one. But for a snake draft, 
uh, we did our pick by pick series, which is uh, on the site now for our PPR. Uh, for non PPR, I believe we're going to do the draft today. For for people uh, who, for people who don't know, by the way, this is where Jamie and Dave and Heath take a look at and Ben Gretsch now too. And Ben Gretsch, who's great, and need, we need to have him on the show. But he has um he like you guys do. If you have the fourth overall pick in non PPR, here's what you should expect, and here's what you can sort of do. Here are the scenarios. It is a it is maybe the most helpful thing uh, that you guys crank out, just because it really lets you get in the mindset of where you will be picking. Right, you know, so, and, and we do this twice. So we do one at the beginning of, you know, camp before preseason games really get underway. And then we'll do it again, you know, as we get closer to, uh, to the start of the regular season when again a lot of the drafts are happening. And, and, and to your point, well, yes, it's, you know, by that point, most people know their draft position. So it's, it's, it's usually very helpful. Um, and so when we were doing the draft, I think it was, uh, middle of the second round. I forget which, which pick it was for me. Um, and Melvin Gordon was still there. And this was, uh, last week when we did this. I, I, I didn't want him. And wow. you know, I was like, I'll, I'll let, I'll let somebody else take him. I have him ranked in the late thirties, early forties, um, right now, you know, depending on format, because it feels very much like this is going to go into the regular season. And so if it plays out, we all got burned last year by a high profile running back in Le'Veon Bell. And you don't want to have somebody make that investment. And it's, you know, he's not going to miss the entire season, but what is it? 10 games that he'll miss. Um, yep. you know, before he, if in fact he, you know, is just going to hold it, hold, hold out until he just has to show up because to get, of what to get, he his, needs. to get his service time. So his contract isn't told, right? Yeah. 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 I so mean, if you're talking about six games and to your point, like you said about AJ Green, one of those is, is week 17. He may be awesome for your fantasy playoffs, but we're telling people just to give a comparison. You're taking Kareem Hunt double digit rounds. Hey, well, Jamie, I hate to break it to you, but the Chargers have a week 12 bye. So you're really talking yeah, about Jeez. Yeah, yeah. So you're talking about let's say if he came back in week 10, uh reported to the Chargers, they're at the Raiders, which is a nice matchup maybe, but yeah, he but he probably won't play that week cuz you're not right. going to come back and just play all of a sudden. Then you have the Chiefs in week 11, week 12 bye, and then check this out down the stretch. Broncos, Jaguars, Vikings, and then Raiders in week 16 followed yeah, by the Chiefs in luck. week 17. So you have the bye, three great defenses, maybe a week that he wouldn't even play, and then like he might, the, the, if you draft him, you he might put up a monster number in week sixteen against the Raiders in your championship. But you, if you drafted him with a first round pick, you won't be in that championship. Right, and and again, we're talking worst case scenario here yes. of, of when he you know potentially would play this out until, but you know hopefully he's there by week one, and and that's the flip side of when you do these drafts. It's like last year, you know, you drafted early. I did a draft, you know, I think it was the second week of the preseason. And by that point, oh, yeah, Le'Veon Bell will show up. Mm-hmm. And I drafted Bell second overall, and my team was ruined. Conversely, the guy in that same league drafted James Conner. Uh, there's some keeper implications. Drafted him in round eight. And now not only does he have James Conner as a keeper, uh, he has, you know, he had at that point, you know, uh, the, the best running back in the Steelers and one of the best running backs in fantasy. So, you know, you're going to end up with, Austin Eckler and potentially Justin Jackson that in some good values right now, maybe great values, or you could be wasting, you know, in some cases a fifth round pick on Eckler and maybe a seventh or eighth round pick on Jackson. Yeah. I saw JJ Zachariasen at, at late round QB on Twitter. I tweeted out some, uh, some play draft, you know, best ball type of uh, ADP changes. Um, Justin Jackson ups is the top riser up almost 70 spots. Uh, since June, Austin Eckler, a top five riser as well, up 30 spots. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Eckler went for 10 bucks in our, in our auction league. I mean, he went yep. for $8 less than Melvin Gordon. It's crazy. How early would you pull trigger on Austin Eckler right now in a, in a snake? 
Five, uh, round five. You know, the one thing wow. about Eckler, which, which I'll say, that's PPR. You know, non-PPR, yeah. it's probably around six or seven. Um, mm-hmm. the one thing I'll say about Eckler compared to Jackson is Eckler still has standalone value if Gordon shows up. You know, because we saw last year he was good in tandem. The year before, same thing. Jackson's gonna lose. Uh, we just had, um, uh, this week on Fantasy Football Today on CBS Sports HQ, we had Evan Washburn live from Chargers Camp. And they were also talking up, uh, is, is it D- D- Detrez? Uh, Newsom is the last name. I know he's their, he's their fourth running back. I never pronounced his first name correctly. Uh, but Anthony Lynn was talking up him as well. Um, you know, they're, they're preparing, you know, to, to play this out, uh, if they have to. But Eckler seems to be the guy that will benefit the most and won't hurt you if, in fact, Gordon comes back. Wow, Detrez, man, it's sad. I should know Detrez Newsom. He's from Rayford, North Carolina, home of Rayford Farms and delicious chicken, Jamie. Um, <laughs> I thought you knew everybody that comes out of there. I usually do. He played at Western Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I think the Chargers are, they're such a, they're such a pass heavy offense and Rivers has always been so good about utilizing his running backs in the passing game that it makes sense to me to invest non high, like, like a fifth round pick is a high end pick. But if Austin Eckler is the starting running back for the Chargers for 10 games and the beneficiary of Philip Rivers passing the ball in the backfield, he's going to be a monster. Uh, it, yeah, he's he's probably you know you, you figure if there's 20 carries, you know I think that's always a safe number to look at with any running you know group. So 20 carries, you know I would say that Eckler is probably 12 of them. Yeah. Without Gordon. Yeah. And then you factor in you know five catches. You know he he could be 15 to 20 touches easily if Gordon's gone. Uh, other guys that I want to hit on real quick: Sterling Shepard seems like he might be back for Week One. He he was already I thought he was already a great value. I'm curious, what are you doing with him and uh, Evan Ingram? And I assume Golden Tate is just a very late round flyer because he was sort of a late round guy anyway. Yeah, I, I was very much pro Shepard before all this started happening. You know, with the thumb injury and and the suspension. Um, when Shepard's injury, you know, I, I dropped him closer to where Tate was just because okay, Tate's going to get all this work and. You know, has a chance to maybe get at least a one game lead. Um, but now, yeah, it, it's, it's Shepard, you know, right back up to where he was. Uh, he's in the mid thirties in terms of my rankings. Somebody that I would look for aggressively round six, probably round seven. You know, it's, uh, it, it's not someone that you necessarily want to fall in love with because it's still a Giants receiver. And I, and I say that, um, uh, to answer your question, Evan Ingram was always my favorite pass catcher, you know, there along with Barkley. You know, I mean, we talked about 88 catches for him last year. Um, so I haven't moved Barkley at all and Ingram, you know, I, I think the industry is going to be interesting to see how they, in the fantasy industry, how they rate Ingram and OJ Howard because there's the top three at tight end. Nobody's going to touch those barring injury of Kelsey, Ertz, and Kittle, whatever order you want to put the, the second two guys. Um, and then it was kind of Howard was the fourth guy, but I think, you know, Ingram is probably going to pass him now just with the thought of no Tate for four games, no Shepard maybe for one game. And if you look at Ingram's numbers, he's played 16 games over the last two years without Odell Beckham. He hit 15 or more PPR points in nine of them. It's just wow. insane what he's been able to do without Beckham on the field. Uh, Howard at 57th on Fantasy Pros ADP right now. Ingram has climbed up to 58th. So you're right. Probably in, as soon as you know the numbers sort of catch up and they're rolling, it'll it'll, it'll mm-hmm. leapfrog him. Um, just below them, Hunter Henry at 65 and Eric Ebron. Who don't draft Eric Ebron, people? That, that'll be one of the key pieces of advice we give you on this yeah. podcast. Don't draft Eric Ebron. Uh, he's at 67th. Okay, a couple more quick ones. The Steelers sort of ancillary guys. Um, James Washington, Dante Moncrief was the top riser in ADP on that, uh, play draft thing I mentioned, which was surprising to me, but I guess it's just, hey, who's going to be the number two wide receiver there? My theory, Jamie, and this is a homer driven, of course, but it's that Jalen Samuels will actually be the beneficiary of a ton of targets vacated by Antonio Brown, not necessarily Dante Moncrief. 
and I know you got Jalen Samuels in the auction, and uh, Dave Richard was the one that drafted James Conner or bought, uh, uh, was able to acquire James James Conner in the auction, and he thought he can get Samuels for a dollar. And I said, you forget who you're drafting, <laughs> yeah, my buddy. friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also, I, I, uh, did you get Naheem Hines? Of course. Yeah, actually, you guys gave me Hines while I was driving to pick up Robbie at camp. I had to like, that's why my wide receiver sucks so bad. Cause I would have bought Robert Woods and Kenny Galladay. Those are the guys I wanted to get at like $10 each. And I, I could have gotten them at 10 bucks each and I had that amount available. And I just, they happened to go off like while I was driving to camp and I didn't feel like right. it, we're not playing it out. I didn't want it to be a draft and driving, a driving a drafting situation. Right. If, if why'd were, you get, why'd you get an accident, sir? Well, yeah. I was in a mock option. A ten, draft. $10 entry fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not even, it's like, so you playing the sounds it for money? No, it's just a mock. <laughs> He's like, sir, come on. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, we actually, we were, uh, we were looking at several teams uh, on our fantasy football today podcast and yours was one of them just because, <laughs> you know, well, no, it, it, it's, no. it's something that we talk about quite a bit is, you know, with any fantasy draft, and certainly auction is an easier way to do it, is getting studs, and you'll never draft McCaffrey and Kamara. Never. In any, you know, barring something crazy happening where one guy falls because of an injury. But, um, you know, what you do to supplement that, and like one reference I brought up with your team, because I think you got Cam for a dollar, which was great. Yep. Um, I don't remember who your tight end was, but I think it's decent. Uh, Vance McDonald for three bucks. Vance McDonald. Yep. yep. Very, very good. You know, for a dollar. Um, like the twelve dollars you spent on. Shepard and Royce Freeman. Mm -hmm. Uh, like I know just because I had him, I got Edelman for $10, you know, and so like if you take the $12, which is probably what he should have gone for and spend it on Edelman and then a dollar running back or the, the guys you referenced. I know Dave, for example, he got Chris Godwin for $9. You know, that's another guy in that range. Like that makes your team just that much better, but you know, still how were you able to put it together with Landry and Corey Davis and Shepard? You know, it's not, it's not awful, uh, given what you, you know, have at those two running back spots. But in terms of the Steelers, uh, oh, I like oh, oh, by the, by the way, the other thing too, I was thinking about this because I'm a psychopath, even though it's a mock draft. Like I got Royce Freeman, as you mentioned, for five bucks, uh, LaShawn McCoy for a dollar and Jalen Samuels for two. So if it looks like in a PPR league that Freeman, McCoy or Samuels can be a wide or can be a running back too, I'll, I'll take Kamara McCaffrey two weeks into the season and trade him for a stud wide receiver. And then I'll, you know, and then to, if I need to, to balance out the team or, or just play the waiver wire. I mean, like, there, there are ways, I think, there, you know, there are ways to supplement the, the issues, but if you have a Kamara and McCaffrey, you have two very valuable assets that will, or it's not, they're not going to depreciate barring injury. No, I mean, and, and that's potentially, you know, uh, on the low end, I think 150 catches if they do what they're supposed to do, you yeah. know, so you, what you're getting at that spot compared to everybody oh, else. Yeah, or maybe Corey um, Davis is great. Who knows? I mean, uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's not a, it's not a bad situation when if Cam is Cam, those two backs you have, McDonald is at least, uh, you know, hovering around being a top 10 tight end. Yep. And then you get, you know, between the three receivers that you just have right now on top of what you play the waiver wire with, um, it, it's, it's something I think a lot of people overlook in their fantasy drafts is your draft is your draft. It's the, you know, basis of how you start your team. But it is by far the way that your team is going to look by the end of the season. So yeah. you know, right. to have those three studs, you know, because I'll throw Cam in there with those two backs, you have the core of what your roster is going to be like every week. Yeah, last year when I had that undefeated auction league team, I mm -hmm. spent big on Todd Gurley and Saquon Barkley. I got uh, Brandon Cooks for five bucks because nobody liked Brandon Cooks. I got Adam Thielen for ten bucks because he he hadn't blown up yet, and I mean those those ended up being like perfect sure. slam dunk guys that blew up. Uh, I got Ertz for ten, Kittle for a dollar. 
and Mahomes for a dollar. I mean, like that's that's yeah, that's a perfect storm of like how to play it. But if you can invest in no, I think it's key to invest in known commodities and then shoot for a cheap upside. I mean, that that's you know, right, yeah. right. You know, and and I think you know you were just one player away from it being just oh, this team is ridiculous yeah, you know yeah. like uh you know we we again you can listen to our our, our podcast to get you know a little bit more and you should detail. as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast be listening mm-hmm. to fantasy football today every day i noticed on the uh itunes charts that which they, or the apple podcast charts which they have um they have now uh like they've gotten rid of the categories at least at least in my version of itunes but you guys are uh are currently closing on a top 100 overall all podcast in the entire world that's right. awesome yeah um and we did something a little sneaky, uh, which um, Checks out. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about is, uh, you know, we give away uh, we do a, a league with our listeners um, every year, our podcast league. And so we usually do like some sort of gimmick to have people submit entries to get into the league. So Adam was reading or uh, was was talking about, you know, rating us on iTunes. And I said, wait, why don't we just have the people write five star reviews for us on iTunes, screen grab it. Send it to us. We'll read the best ones, and, and that's, how, that's yeah. how we'll choose our, our our podcast league entries. And so Adam was like, because first he was yelling at me, "Don't give away an entry! Don't give away an entry!" And he's like, "Oh, I like this." Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's the way to do it. You boost your reviews. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a that's great right. call. Exactly. Um, all right, I've, I'm keeping you longer than I meant to. Um, well, no, I'll just the, the, the answer to your question. <laughs> Steelers receivers. Um, I think you have to take Moncrief ahead of James Washington. You know, I okay. still think the the ceiling is higher for Washington. It's amazing. Dante Moncrief, you know, we were talking about Alfred Morris. It feels like he's been in the league forever. It seems like Moncrief has been in the league forever. He's 25 years old. I know. I saw that the other day. It's nuts. It's insane. He'll be 26, I think, at some point during the season. Maybe it's January. But um, he's still young. He's had really one good opportunity with Andrew Luck. It was right about the time that Luck had the the kidney injury, Mm -hmm. the kidney laceration. So we never really got to see – 100% 100% of Andrew Luck with 100% of what Moncrief could be. And then he goes to Jacksonville and plays with Blake Bortles, and we know what that could actually, you know, do for your career. Um, but playing with Roethlisberger in this, in this scenario, when you talk about, uh, we had Brian McFadden on our show, who knows the Steelers as well as anybody. Yep. And BMAC said, having a veteran guy with Ben is going to be fantastic for Moncrief. So, uh, I think it's, it's something that you'll see his ADP, like you said, continue to rise. Okay. Uh, and then finally, what are you doing with Kyler Murray and Christian Kirk? Actually, dude, ignore it. Christian Kirk's, I like Christian Kirk. Everybody likes his upside. I'm curious what you're doing with Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Jim, John Harbaugh said he's going to rush for more than 140 times, take the over, he said. Um, and then Kyler Murray has flashed really well, uh, so far in, 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 uh, Cardinals, uh, training camp. I think, mm-hmm. right? I mean, like, I, there's a lot of buzz about Kyler Murray. Yes. Uh, first off, the Lamar Jackson thing is one of the more overblown reactions to a quote I've ever seen <laughs> because he already had 147 attempts yeah. last year. Yeah. The over on what he said has already happened. So it's easy to say that he's going to be maybe close to 200 attempts, you know, and that was basically starting seven games. So uh, he could obliterate the rushing numbers for quarterbacks. And so I keep moving him up right now. I know you and I differ on, on this because of your love for Russell Wilson, but I have Wilson at 13, uh, Drew Brees at 12. Um, and right now Lamar Jackson at 14. I have, I, I, as much as I think there's more upside with Lamar Jackson just based on his rushing ability, I can't rank him ahead of those two guys. It's fine. Uh, the reason those guys are lower in my rankings is just because uh, of the attempts that we've seen the last couple of years for the, for them. Breeze is trending in the wrong direction. Russell doesn't throw the ball very much. He benefits from just being so efficient. Um, they're both still very good quarterbacks and great fantasy options. But, uh, Jackson is somebody that if you are inclined to just wait on the position for fantasy, he'll be a great starter for you. 
just take a backup. You know, he's one of those guys that I will say you need to take a backup. Same thing with Kyler. I have Kyler ahead of those guys. I think, mm. you know, uh, again, the buzz is great. The weapons, I think, are much improved. Offensive line, much improved. They're going to have so many plays. If this Kif- Cliff Kingsbury offense translates to the NFL, they could lead the NFL in pace. And so it's a good scenario for him. I'll always tell you, uh, shoot for upside at the position because there's so many great fallback options. Um, you know, there's going to be, you, you mentioned Rivers. Rivers may not get drafted in, in, in some snake drafts. Yeah. Uh, guys like Kirk Cousins, Stafford, Brady in some cases, uh, Roethlisberger in some cases. Uh, I like Jameis Winston a lot. We did a draft last week. He didn't get drafted, you know, so. Wow, really? Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's weird. You know, people like the quarterbacks that they like and not everybody takes two. So you can get great value at that position off waivers. And so shoot for the moon. If, if, uh, if Kyler and Lamar Jackson are two of the guys that you like, maybe take both of them and see what happens. But you can get by with those guys as your starter on drafting. I'd rather have Lamar and, and Rivers than Lamar and Kyler. That's a lot of, a lot of volatility. But I mean, hey, there's a ton of upside. Um, Jamie Eisenberg, you are the best. I kept you 10 minutes longer than I said I would, but it was no very informative and it was fun to talk to you. So, uh, We'll have you back on soon, buddy. Make sure and subscribe to Fantasy Football Today. Watch Jamie on CBS Sports HQ. He is the face of CBS Sports HQ, not Pete Briscoe. And uh, follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Jamie Eisenberg. Thanks, pal. You got it, love you.